Hey everyone, Carl Fidelli, Nature City here. Just completed a really cool interview with Marsha De Silva Pinto about resveratrol. Really exciting stuff. Check it out. You don't have to take nearly as much resveratrol as you may have heard to get an incredible list of benefits. We're talking about bone health, cognitive function, brain health, cardiovascular health, skin health, quality life improvements. Big list, and Marsha really explains why. Check it all out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nature City Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Pardelli, and I'm also the CEO and co-founder of Nature City, having started the company over 20 years ago with my wife, Beth. And since then, it's been our pleasure to serve over 500,000 Americans by offering them the best supplements we can make. We have a really fun episode today. We're going to be talking about one of the most popular supplement ingredients, which is resveratrol. And even more importantly, we're going to be talking about what I feel is the premier uh, supplement green or source of resveratrol, which is called Verity. And to help us uh, discuss it and all the fabulous things it may help you with, with respect to your health, we are joined from Switzerland by Marsha De Silva Pinto, who is the uh, Senior Technical Manager of Health Ingredients at Evolver, who is the maker and supplier of uh, Verity Resveratrol. So, Marsha, uh, thank you so much for making time for us, and great to see you. Yeah, thanks for the invite. It's a pleasure. You know, um, for our audience, uh, Marsha and I have been corresponding by email for several years, and just a little over a month ago, we finally had the opportunity to meet in person, which was like seeing an old friend. So, Marsha, <laughs> it was great to finally meet. Yeah, it was great. It's always super to meet uh, customers and to meet you, Carl. It was a great pleasure. <laughs> likewise, likewise. So, let's jump into this. Um, the first thing I think, Marsha, where I think it makes sense to start is, you know, resveratrol is, you know, often called the red wine antioxidant, right? I think it's probably... Mm -hmm. When it came on the scene, it's probably responsible for stimulating, for increasing a lot of red wine sales. But, um, you know, in reality, there's very little uh, resveratrol in a glass of red wine. Is this, is this correct? Yes, it is correct. But we need to remember that so the beginning of resveratrol was linked to that French paradox. No, if people don't know what is the French paradox, so it's the idea that uh, French people, Maybe they will not like anymore this concept, but French people, they were eating very fatty diet, but drinking lots of wine. So the researchers had to find, you know, what's the magic behind this? Because they had very low cardiovascular disease incidence. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, researchers had to find and they found this molecule that was a powerful antioxidant uh, and that was called resveratrol. And that was right. the beginning. And until now, I think people really associate uh, resveratrol with being this powerful antioxidant compound. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think um, 
I think in terms of specific numbers, there's only like a couple of milligrams in red wine. So there was probably a little more to the fresh paradox than just, I assume, (laughs) drinking the red wine. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, now we have more knowledge uh, for the dosage that would be beneficial for humans who would have to drink per day a few bottles of wine. And I assume that we're going to have other problems uh, than just getting the benefits from resveratrol. So it's very, very little in uh, in the wine. Absolutely. And, you know, um, given that, um, you know, wine being sourced from grapes, of course, you know, we're often asked, you know, if our resveratrol comes from grapes, but, you know, there's, you know, as we've kind of touched on, there's not really a high concentration of resveratrol in grapes or grape skins you know, to make it a practical source of, uh, for resveratrol and supplements. Um, you know, is that the case in your opinion? Yes, it is. So you have few sources in the market. So the grape seed extract that many people say, oh, it's a source of resveratrol. But in fact, so the concentration of resveratrol, it's around 2%. Actually, what you have in these grape extracts mostly are other compounds, no? Yeah. Because you have maximum two percent. Uh, there are many different other compounds, like for example, the OPCs, so the proanthocyanidins, and these are mm-hmm. completely different from resveratrol. Right, they're they're very good and, and beneficial, but yes, they're not resveratrol. Yes. So yes. I mean. You know, so typically what a lot of what we've seen in the marketplace is, um, you know, really it confuses customers because they'll see a product with a red wine grape extract mm-hmm. or something similar as part of formula. And they'll say, all right, well, that's that's where the resveratrol is coming from. But we generally know if you have any type of, you know, sub- substantive quantity of resveratrol in your formula, uh, that's probably not the source of resveratrol. It has to be coming from something else. I mean, is that, I mean, is that what you've seen too? Yes, it is. So you do have uh, also other sources. So talking now just about grapes and the red wine extract, 2% maximum that you're going to get. So if you are really looking for a resveratrol source, you have to get other sources because it's 2%, it's very little in this. Yes. Well, let's uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about those other sources before we get to Verity, because I think it's relevant mm-hmm. uh, to your ingredient. Um, you know, one of uh, one of the main sources, probably the primary source we, we've seen in the market is the Japanese knotweed plant, which is actually largely going, I believe, in mm-hmm. China, at least as uh, a source for resveratrol. You know, there's some challenges with um, using the knotweed plant as uh, a resveratrol ingredient. Uh, Can you explain some of these for us? Yes. So the Japanese knotweed and sometimes the what is called the polygonal uh, as well. So it's, I think it's very, very common, especially in the U.S. Uh, market. Mm-hmm. You have many sources. You can get 98% as well. But I know that most of the sources sold there is at 50%. So there are two challenges. One, it's an invasive plant. 
So we know nowadays that all the invasive species and plants, they have a huge impact in the environment. So this is one. Also, I think COVID brought really uh, strong the supply issues. No, so you people start looking at something that was more sustainable, uh, that was ready for the use in the supplements. Um, and the 50%, and this is something uh, interesting because it's 50% resveratrol. And I always ask, what is the other 50%? Yes. Because if 50% is resveratrol, the other 50 needs to be something that, uh, unfortunately, we don't know. And not even, I think, the suppliers, because there are many, many different compounds. We cannot identify everything that's in a plant. Uh, yeah. and there are many different compounds that we cannot identify in this other 50%. So we need to take into account that the 50% stopped somehow in the purification process. Uh, and this is an issue that we see uh, with this uh, product. Yeah, no, I mean, specifically, uh, one of the compounds that's frequently in that other 50% or even in higher, you know, mm -hmm. even in extracts of, you know, higher purity, I guess, is you know the the uh, emodin, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is I guess an antiquinone. You know, we we were familiar at Nature City with with emodin because um, one of our you know founding products was aloe vera, some aloe vera products, and you find emodin and aloe and some other antiquinones in aloe vera, and we're very careful to exclude those from what we uh, put mm -hmm. in the supplement, what's in our products, because they can cause, and they, you know, you know, so gastrointestinal distress, yes. uh, they can have strong laxative properties. Um, and basically, you know, so that's why sometimes you'd hear people, they don't tolerate resveratrol very well. And it's probably likely, you know, in, in most cases, I mean, there's always people who have sensitivities to anything, but mm -hmm. in most cases, I think we found that the challenge was emodin or some of these other impurities, which were really causing, you know, their stomach upset or whatever, not the resveratrol. Um, so, yeah. you know, I don't know if you guys have had any experience with that too. Yes. So even the, you're right, even the 98%. So you will always need to ask, so what are the other 2% that you have? No. And uh, we know that many sources, if you think about, particularly now that we're discussing Japanese knotweed, it's a plant, needs to grow somewhere. Uh, the mm -hmm. soil, uh, the water that's used, everything is very important because this all be present in the plant. Uh, and then the extraction, not always you can guarantee that you can uh, remove the impurities. And one of them, for example, emodine or the PAHs, the polyaromatic hydrocarbons mm. as well, yes. that they are not healthy. Uh, so I think it's, uh, it's very important always to question, even though you think 98%, 50%. So what is the rest? You know, that's a great, great point. Because, I mean, just to put it in context, maybe a little bit for our audience, um, you know, 98% sounds high, but what's in that 2%? To give you an example, Marsha, like in the aloe vera world, you know, the standard is you want to be below 10 parts per million. 
of emotin L and all those, you know, interquinone compounds, 10 parts per million is not a lot, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, certainly, um, you know, even though you, you, you hear 98%, that 2% still could be problematic, right? Yes, yes, it's true. Absolutely. So you've kind of, um, you kind of addressed a lot of, a lot of this with Verity in terms of the impurities, um, as well as, you know, a sustainable source of resveratrol. Um, let's talk a little bit about now about uh, the Verity resveratrol and, mm-hmm. you know, why you think it's a better option for supplementing, res- uh, you know, pure resveratrol without unwanted effects, you know. Um, yeah, and then maybe we'll just talk a little bit about how it's made and so on, if you could share with that, please. Yes. So we're discussing the sources. Now we talk about grape seed extract, red wine, the Japanese knotweed. Also, you have synthetic uh, resveratrol, which is made by chemical synthesis. So, of course, nowadays, the consumers, they don't want synthetic. Uh, They want more sustainable, natural, possible. Yes. So Evolva is a Swiss biotech company. So we're based in Basel. Uh, who doesn't know much is close to Zurich. I think this is the most uh, known place uh, for people. So we are specialized in yeast fermentation. Uh, so we use our baker's yeast. So the one that you use for the bread, uh, we make this baker's yeast special in a way that produce, for example, our verite. And as you can imagine, we just need to feed the baker's yeast with vitamins, minerals. There is no need for uh, heavy metals to do the catalysts of the reaction, for example, in a chemical synthesis. We have no environmental contaminants because we don't depend on crops, we don't plant. Uh, so at the end, you have a very high purity uh, ingredient. Sustainable, because it's a very sustainable process. Is the future, people say, not sure. the yeast fermentation, the precision fermentation, that's the future. Uh, and also we bring so this high purity sustainable ingredient but also backed by clinical studies i think this is one also very important point in the brand absolutely we're going to definitely uh speak about that a little bit here but you know it's interesting i mean this was not an easy process i've been following the verity story now for i don't know how long it is but it took quite a while to perfect this i believe is that correct Oh, yes. So we have a big team of scientists uh, based. This is the core of Evolva is the science uh, that they developed. It took yeah very long uh, to get to this process because we have to follow all the high quality standards and also to place the uh the process in a way that we don't have batch to batch variations and everything. So it had to be very well designed. Uh, so the scientists, they worked very hard on that. No, I mean, it took, I mean, at least I think 10 years or something yeah. to, to develop this. Yeah. Um, so it was not like an easy, no. easy thing to, to accomplish. Um, so as you mentioned, you've coupled uh, what's really a great fermentation process for producing pure and natural resveratrol 
with um with a you know big investments in research and scientific studies. Um, mm-hmm. So, be- but before we even get into those, maybe if you give the audience a quick overview of what resveratrol really does in the body, what makes it special, why why is it something they should consider supplementing in terms of some of the actions, you know, how it supports our health. Yeah. So I think we start talking a little bit about this powerful antioxidant. And I said, okay, that is much beyond this. And this is how we really see uh, the science evolving. And we need to follow. And this is something also at the core of our um, research here because we are evolving the knowledge. And we know that today, resveratrol, yes, it's still a powerful antioxidant, but you have many other mechanisms. For example, mm-hmm. activating CERT1, the sirtuin. Uh, and the sirtuins became very popular because this is related to the longevity. So CERT1 is the longevity gene. Uh, resveratrol is considered one of the most potent CERT1 activators. Okay, so beyond antioxidants, you have a very uh, potent activation of CERT1. And mm-hmm. then it's a vasoactivator. So it improves blood flow to the brain, to the body. Very important. Yes. And activates AMPK. So AMPK, you just need to remember, this has to do with cell energy. And many people talking about mitochondria. You know, as we age, the mitochondria start not working very, very well. So resveratrol has this power, what we call the mitochondria biogenesis. It means reactivating so that you get more cell energy. And what I always say as well is that we list all these mechanisms, but we forget that they are all happening at the same time. Mm. Okay, And that's how we look why resveratrol is so potent and beneficial uh, for us and in so many Clinical studies. Nowadays, there are more than 270 clinical studies on resveratrol reporting beneficial effects. So how is that possible? If we think about that just antioxidant, we cannot explain. Just, but if you think that all these mechanisms are happening at the same time, that's the way that we look at the molecule saying, yes, now I understand how resveratrol can provide so many health benefits. So, Marsha, I think you explained that really well. I mean, really, the superpower of resveratrol is not only its ability to function as an antioxidant, to help promote blood flow, but you also have these other benefits of helping promote cellular energy and cellular longevity. So that's that's quite a package (laughs) from uh, from one supplement ingredient. Yes, it is. So that's why many researchers, they look at resveratrol as the holistic ingredient. That's another word. And resveratrol fits perfectly there. Because if you think about holistic, so having an overall effect on health, uh, this is the, the ingredient because of the different mechanisms. So third one is not only involved in longevity, but many different other processes, which is also interesting even including bone health, you have mm-hmm. activation of the sirt wings. Yeah, well, definitely want to spend a lot of some time on that because that's that's a, a very much of interest to a lot of our audience is is bone health as a as a health concern. So we'll definitely get into that. 
you know, one of the things I was thinking as you were just speaking there, you know, we hear how powerful and potent it is, but there's sometimes philosophy in, in the world of supplements, uh, especially maybe in the world in general, but certainly in supplements that more is better, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality. And, you know, we've seen this a little bit with, um, certainly with resveratrol products where, you know, 100 milligrams is good, but 200 is better and 500 milligrams must be really, really terrific, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, I think, you know, that was interesting to me that you guys kind of, you know, uncovered in your research uh, was the optimal dose maybe actually less than, a lot less than people think. Um, I think, you know, I think you've uh, kind of said all that, about 150 milligrams a day, taking, you know, twice a day in 75 milligram servings uh, might be might be optimal. Can you discuss this and, you know, just how you reached the conclusion? Yeah, so this is very interesting. Yeah, people say the more the better. No, I should take more. I since it's so beneficial. Now you explained all the mechanism. I'm gonna take grams, and it's gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have more effect. Uh, no, it's not true. Uh, so this conclusion came from group of researchers led by Professor Peter Howe in Australia. You know, he's a key opinion leader, academic key opinion leader uh, in this area. And what they did, they did an interesting study, you know, with a dose response, what we call. So people would receive different dosages and they would look at the effect on blood pressure. And what they saw is that this low dosage no, that's two times 75 milligrams or 150 milligrams per day was enough to have the effect. Uh, and it's very interesting because they went much higher dosages and they got the same effect. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's very, very yeah, interesting. And they say that uh, also two times 75 milligrams um, morning and evening. And if you want, we can discuss uh, why this. <laughs> it's a very interesting topic also for the the consumers about bioavailability. Now, we should definitely speak about that for, uh, for a second. Uh, just one question before that, um, before I forget. Do you think it matters on the quality of the resveratrol respect to, you know, the dosage you need? Or was it really more of a general statement, you think? Well, I think for the, 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 okay, the source, it's going to be more about what else you were taking. Uh, yeah. So if you think about the, the people think the more, the better, and they were taking 500 milligrams from a source that has other components that will not be so beneficial, I would be very concerned. So I think the, um, the source is very important. As I mentioned, so in this case, so Verite has no impurities that would be of concern to the to the consumer. Absolutely. Um, so I know you touched on it, but a very important topic for those interested in resveratrol is uh, the bioavailability and mm-hmm. why it's important to, you know, to break it up into multiple servings. Can you explain that a little bit for us? Yes. So uh, this is a common concern, you know, Uh, the consumers, they say, I'm going to take resveratrol, but resveratrol has a low bioavailability. 
So one reason for taking more is because they think if I take more, I absorb more. No. Uh, and the second is because it has a low bioavailability. And this is a really misunderstanding that was in the past when people look into bioavailability. I, I always say that as the pharma concept. You know, you take resveratrol and you look at the blood you need to find resveratrol. Yeah. The problem is that resveratrol is metabolized to other compounds. We know today what we call the conjugates, sulfates, glucuronides, but also what we know more today is about the microbial metabolites. So resveratrol is also metabolized by the gut microbiota. And what happens is all these metabolites, they are also circulating in the blood. And that's why it's so important to follow uh, the science because we know as well many reports that these microbial metabolites, they have biological activity. So now you start understanding why resveratrol has an effect as well. So two times a day, morning and evening, you take in the morning, resveratrol is metabolized to conjugates, metabolites, they are circulating in the blood, but at some point they will be excreted. Then you have the second dosage. So what you make sure is that you have constantly this pool of resveratrol and metabolites circulating in the blood. That's how you get the effect. Right. So, so that's why uh, you recommend not so much taking one big dose, but really that 75 milligrams, perhaps in the morning, 75 milligrams in the evening, yeah. um, just because, you know, it metabolizes fairly quickly. So we want to replenish it yes. accordingly. Exactly. Great. Well, let's now uh, get into some of the actual science and scientific findings and benefits that you discovered with um, Verity Resveratrol, because there's many of them and they're very interesting. You know, one of the, um, I mean, if you're going to start on this topic, I really think we have to start with, really is my favorite study. And I think the landmark study when it comes to resveratrol, which is, I think you, uh, you called a Reshaw study, if I said that correctly. Uh, can, yes. <laughs> can you give the audience an overview of this study and um, then we'll get into some of the benefits? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, clinical studies are very important uh, for us also to back the ingredient. And we are really happy. So the Reshaw stands for resveratrol for healthy aging in women. This is the largest and longest clinical study with resveratrol supplementation. No, the 125 postmenopausal women receiving daily two times 75 milligrams for 12 months. So this we cannot find uh, another study of this length. Uh, and also the parameters. So cognitive performance, uh, bone health, quality of life, they, these were reported by the researchers. This study was conducted in Australia, also by Professor Peter Howe that I mentioned before, uh, mm -hmm. and his team. Yeah. Did you, um, if I recall on this one, I think the study actually lasted two years because after one year, you switched the protocols, right? Yes. Which, so everyone, so it's interesting because, I mean, you know, people sort of act as their own control group in a way, I guess. But um, that is, I mean, that's really unique. I mean, especially for that length of time. Yes. So the 12 month supplementation, and you're right, they switched. Uh, why? And this 
I think I've been studying, looking at clinical studies and I have never seen because researchers usually they report the benefit and that's it. That ends the clinical study. What they want to see is if these benefits, they were sustained for the 12 months. So, and Mm -hmm. this is really unique uh, because they could see that actually all these benefits that these women uh, gained during these 12 months were not just lost uh, and back to zero. So it was really, really interesting, this. Absolutely. And just for the men listening, uh, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Marsha and her team, they've also done a lot of research for men too. So we're not leaving. It's not exclusively women. But, um, you know, one of the most interesting findings with Verity, uh, and I think in the research study specifically, as well as some others, uh, was the, the ability uh, that was shown with Verity to help slow down, you know, bone density loss, among other bone health benefits. And actually, this was actually done in a couple of studies, both involving men and women, um, but in Rishiro's women, of course. Um, you know, I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, bone health is a important, you know, health um, concern for a lot of our audience. Um, and so I follow kind of, you know, I follow developments in that, in bone health pretty, pretty um, closely. I'm not sure I'd seen anyone prior to Verity showing a benefit of resveratrol on bone health um, before you guys. Is that is that right? Not for this length of um, yeah. study, no. So this is a Not humans. Long <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not because human. it's 12 months, huh? Supplement. Of course, bone health is something that you need um, a longer time to see an effect. Uh, it's Absolutely. not something that's going to be in a short study that you'll be able to see. And it's very interesting that during the re-choice study, so one of the main challenges with uh, postmenopausal women is because of the estrogen levels they drop. And of course, because of this, they starting having higher risk of fracture. And what the researchers saw is that this risk of fracture decreased and also improve the bone mineral density. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, we also did some studies with uh, men. So not only women benefit from uh, resveratrol, but also men uh, had important outcomes for the bone health, particularly bone mineral density. Yes. Interesting. So essentially, we're able to, like I said, uh, slow down bone density loss, but also strength in bones, which is really ultimately what you want, right? I mean, yes. I mean the bone that's great, but if you have weak bones, that's not so great, right? Yeah, exactly. And what they, the researchers from the Richard study also saw was that, uh, so resveratrol is uh, phytoestrogen, no? And so because of the postmenopausal women that had the drop on the estrogen level, so this is one hypothesis that resveratrol acts as this phytoestrogen and helps uh, for the bone health. But also what they um, observed was that there was an improvement in microcirculation. So it's a combination of uh, uh, mechanisms again, proving mm-hmm. that's not the, just the antioxidant properties, but beyond these other mechanisms supporting this benefit. Yeah, and it really has to be, right? Because, I mean, there's so many other great botanicals with great antioxidant 
you know, properties. Um, mm-hmm. So you would think there has to be some more to it. Um, yeah. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, you know, another area that you really have spent some time investigating is brain health and cognitive function. How uh, may Verity Resveratrol help here? Yeah, so I mentioned before, no, during the Rishoy study, they also looked at the cognitive performance mm-hmm. um, of these women, like processing speed, memory, and that um, helped. So it improved a lot. What happens? I explained one of the mechanisms is resveratrol, verite in this case, being a vasoactivator. So what they could observe uh, was that there was an improvement in cerebral vascular function. So there was an improvement of blood flow to the brain. And this, of course, if you have more nutrients reaching to the brain, you have more connections with the neurons, everything gets more activated. This was translated and correlated with improvement on processing speed, memory, and many cognitive domains. So yes, you can get um, an improvement, especially uh, for these postmenopausal women that were... Mm-hmm. Um, so they had, usually there is already a cognitive decline. We don't want to talk yeah. like that. It sounds a little bit depressing. But this is the, yeah. a normal aging process, and this happens so they could benefit from the Verite supplementation. Right. Look, we always say we can't, we can't stop our aging process, but no. we can try to age a little better and more gracefully and help where we can. And, uh, you know, certainly the micros. Uh, cerebrovascular, is that the right way you say it? Um, Cerebrovascular function, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's, um, you know, certainly that's a key part of it, right? Because, you know, blood flow as we age affects so many parts of our, you know, you know, of of the process that uh, Uh it can only help. Um, So, no, and uh, did you do anything um, yet with respect to men in in cognitive function or was it the first study? So it was the ratio more uh, the focus, uh, but of course men can, of course, benefit uh, as well right. from the supplementation. There is no, I think that at the moment there is no reason to believe that men would not benefit from from the supplementation. No, absolutely. I mean, same mechanisms essentially, right? Yeah, so, exactly. um, so. Um, you know, I mean, look, bone health and cognitive function right there. <laughs> you know, we made a pretty good case for, you know, and I just realized, Marsha, I've been saying um, Verite resveratrol for so long, but you say Verite, which sounds a lot more <laughs> nice. So I, I need to correct myself going forward. Verite. See, that's one of the problems when you commu- you correspond by email for so long, right? We <laughs> I didn't pick up on that little nuance, but Verite resveratrol from now on. So. That's fine. <laughs> you know, we have many people that, um, because it's not, it's easier you know to think about verite no thinking about the more english pronunciation but the verite comes more from the the french actually absolutely true you get that little, <laughs> little accent there yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know one of the first benefits associated uh really with resveratrol gets back to that french paradox thing you mentioned earlier was really for cardiovascular and metabolic health Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Verite uh, resveratrol can help in this area too? Yes, definitely. Yeah, cardiovascular will remain uh, 
forever, let's say, as the key benefit for resveratrol. And during the reshaw, again, study, the researchers, they look at so many different parameters. You know, it's very simplistic for me to say like five minutes about the research because it's huge study. They also look at cardiometabolic parameters. Mm-hmm. including blood pressure, so insulin resistance, blood glucose levels, and they could see benefits as well. So yes, exactly. definitely can support. You know, and again, I think it gets back to what you stated earlier on. It's like, well, someone may be saying, well, geez, how can, you know, how can, you know, resveratrol help in all these different ways? And it really gets back to, the effects it's having in the body, right? The effects yeah. on the cells, the effect on s- supporting blood flow, of course, the antioxidant activity on oxidative stress. I mean, that's 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 it, right? Yeah. So I, and this is a common concern, you know, from consumers that they say, okay, I understand that resveratrol can do so much, can do so many things that maybe doesn't do anything. I always say that, you know, so much that doesn't do anything. No, because we try to tend to look at very simplistic way uh, on the mechanisms. Just remember, every time that you see so many benefits reported for resveratrol, all those mechanisms happening at the same time, they're involved in, I told, sirtuins. They are everywhere. So they're being activated. So there is a a possibility, (laughs) there is a reason behind to believe that is working because you know the mechanisms and they are Mm -hmm. always happening at the same time. I insist on that because we tend to put mechanisms as blocks, isolated. No, they're all together. No, I love that. That's a, (laughs) it's a great way of thinking about it. Um, So, you know, why, you know, one of the other things I recall about the Reshaw study, you know, um, was you kind of looked at effects on quality of life parameters and well-being. Um, you know, we hear us a lot from women who are in that stage of their life, you know, postmenopausal, you know, they're looking for some support in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you touch on what you found here? Yes, so this is one of the main complaints, actually, from postmenopausal women or menopausal women. The parameters sleep disturbance, they don't sleep mm-hmm. well, pain perception, uh, mm-hmm. mood. Of course, if you don't sleep well, you have pain. Your mood is not going to be good <laughs> independently if you're in the menopause or not. Uh, and uh, depressive mood, so different uh, parameters. And the researchers, mm-hmm. they looked into this. Uh, of course, this was a um, validated questionnaire that the women had to answer to questions, but they reported the improvement on the overall quality of life. Of course, if you start sleeping better, having less pain, your mood improves, and of course, your overall quality of life will improve as well. And this is what they observed during the study. No, that's terrific. That's terrific. Um, you know, Marcia, you've been so gracious with your time here, so I don't, I don't want to keep you too long, but um, are there any other potential benefits of resveratrol, of Revite, that we have not um, touched on yet or anything new um, on the research front that you'd like to share? 
Yeah, I think we are very excited now with the new, another topic that everybody likes about resveratrol is skin health. Uh, this is, everybody thinks about, wow, resveratrol is so good. It's an antioxidant, again, for, for the skin. And we have just completed the um, uh, skin health clinical study. Actually, we showed case a little bit uh, about uh, a concept during Supply Side West in Vegas mm-hmm. last October. And uh, this is the result of the, the study. And this is the first clinical study with resveratrol as the only active ingredient. So we did this uh, search in the literature to look for different studies, and we saw that resveratrol was always combined with other actives. So we decided to Mm -hmm. run one to really prove that resveratrol is potent for this skin health. And I mean by beauty from within, so the ingestible and the cream, a topical application, and we could see an effect. So this is very exciting and new. So so did you, that's incredibly exciting. That's great news. So did you look at ingestible by itself and then ingestible combined with topical application of Veritas? Is that what you did? Or Yes, we did a big study, actually 140 women. Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a big one, 40 plus, And we look at the different groups. So actually we split them in four groups. So there were people that were taking active capsules, active cream. We had a placebo as well and mm-hmm. the combination of the two. But most importantly, all of them received capsules and cream. So they didn't know what they were receiving (laughs) because Ah, we need to make sure that the compliance to the study was okay. There was no bias or anything. So yeah, all of them received capsules and cream. And it was very exciting. Yes. And did you stick with your 75 milligrams twice a day type of protocol? Yes. Yes, we did follow this for the, so the beauty from within, yeah, the capsules, they contain, and the participants had to um, take the capsule in the morning and in the evening, apply the cream in the morning and in the evening. So, yes, we followed what we we observed before in the ritual. That's great. I'm not sure how much you could share given, you know, I'm not sure if it's published yet, but, um, but I assume you looked at things like, you know, skin moisturization and maybe appearance of wrinkles and that type of thing? Is that some of the benefits? Yeah, and skin pigmentation, but more to come. Yes, we haven't published yet, uh, but we have shown a little bit, you know, during Supply Side West, so I think I can talk a little bit about this. So wrinkles, yeah, elasticity, and the skin pigmentation. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's terrific news. Hey, wow, bones, (laughs) brain health cardiovascular and metabolic health, quality of life, and now skin. That's 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 quite the list. <laughs> did we um did we, uh have we missed anything about Verity that maybe uh Verite uh, that um that maybe uh we have not discussed that you'd like to share? Oh we could stay hours and hours here. <laughs> I think for now, yes, the main uh, benefits we have discussed, but there are many more, you know, that uh, could fit into Verite. 
Absolutely. And as you said, it's those multiple building blocks working together at the same time exactly. that, that deliver that. That's a great way to great way to present it. So look, uh, this has been fantastic, Marsha. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. You know, as you know, we've um, in our true risk virtual product, we took your advice and and the research, um, you know, based on the research, of course, too. And we have that 75 milligram uh, serving size, uh, which you take twice a day. Morning, evening would be ideal. Um, you can find True Resveratrol at naturecity.com along with our other products. Um, if you want to learn more about Verite, what's the website um, they should visit for Verite, Marsha? com. Great. So you can go to veritaresveratrol.com, find True Resveratrol with, with the Verite um, at naturecity.com. So, Marsha, you know, we um, we obviously enjoy working very much with you and the rest of the team and the folks at Evolver and um, and really look forward to working um, together more in the future. So thank you so much you. for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And it's always a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Likewise, likewise. So, folks, that's it for this week's episode. Um, you can subscribe to the Nature Save podcast on YouTube. You can also get us on your favorite streaming services, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Also, um, I would suggest you go to naturesave.com. Sign up for our email list because each week you'll be alerted when a new episode comes uh, comes about, which really we feature on um, great things like you heard today about the latest and greatest findings in the supplement world. So this is Carl Pardelli, and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.